Today, we have an interesting sermon in the sense that this actually came from the Lord God, of course. But uh, I was praying to God to show me what today's sermon title would be. This was about a week or two ago. And I was praying about it. And I said, Lord, what should today's sermon be about? What should it be? And I'm praying deeply about it. And I looked up. I was in someone's car. And I looked up. I was in Barbara Begg's car. And I looked up. And I saw she had an angel hanging from her window by under her mirror. And it had the title of today's sermon right in her car. And so I want to give credit to her car for this. Well, there you go. She bought it. She collects angels, just so you know. So so you wondered what I was looking at. That's what I was looking at that day. I told you, I said, oh, hey, I'm going to use that. You said, use what? I said, you'll see. <laughs> so it came from that. So let's now turn to the book of Matthew. This is a very short scripture, but the scripture true as can be. Matthew 6.33, as we stand to honor the reading of God's word. And don't worry, it's a very short one, but it's very true. Matthew 6.33 says this to us. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be given to you. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. This scripture gets misunderstood sometimes. It does. But we'll talk about that. Now, we live in a world that many don't believe in God. It surprises me that many people don't believe in God, really. When they look around, they try to come up with their own beliefs. They don't believe in God. They try to be atheist or agnostic. I don't really see the difference myself. But they say, well, we just don't know what to believe. So they, they come up with that word agnostic. But either way, they don't not believe. They don't do believe. They come up with all sorts of weird things. But either way, they don't want to believe. They won't try to believe. They come up with their own understanding. Some slightly believe with certain qualifications of belief. You know what I'm talking about. They do that. And so there are some that say, I believe in God. I just don't know how to believe or if I want to believe in all of it. So they come up with their own little qualifications of how they believe in the Lord God. There are some who even decide, I'll follow him to a certain degree, as long as it fits. Well, you know, you've heard it, I'm sure. Yet there are some, there are some who've tried their way, and now they want to try God. And that's the title of today's sermon, to Try God. Try God. So that's what we're going to talk about today is trying God. So some try God, and that's good. But there are different ways to try God. So that's what we're going to talk about today. What does it mean to try God? Well, let's talk about the ways to try God, as I sit down here. Uh, when some talk about trying God, there are several ways of trying. And the first way which we're going to talk about today is trying God, try God to fit their way. This is what the world usually tries to do. Well, I believe in God, they say, and they misread John 3, 16. They always do. Uh, for some, you know, they believe that if you uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that means it's enough because they misunderstand that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is it's not what it means. It doesn't mean just to believe that he exists. We know that. But they, they think to try God means if they will try God to fit their way. Well, that's not what it means. But it's not how, what it means at all. So some try God to fit their way, their measurement. And this is actually how the many false religions have started. That's not what it means when it says to try God. 
doesn't mean that at all. But it says this in Galatians 1.10. It says, For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? In fact, I'd write this down if I could. Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? For if I, for if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Think about that. We live in a world where a lot of people are trying to serve both mankind and God. Well, you can't do both, folks. Because we live in a world where a lot of people want to please everybody around them. I see it all the time. Well, I do believe in God, but I don't have to live with God. I have to live with all the people around me. Folks, you can't do both. You just can't. You're either going to serve God and make him happy, or you're going to serve man, mankind I'm talking now, and make them happy. But you can't do both. And a lot of these people don't want to serve God. They don't want to believe in God. Make a choice. You can't be somewhere in the middle of the line. Can't be done. Won't be done. You can try it, but you'll be disappointed. You will be disappointed. Though people want to try God just a little. Just a little. Just a smidge. I give an example years ago of how I tried to fit a, a, a menu. I mean, excuse me. Uh, help me out here. Uh, I was trying to make a dish and so I tried really hard to make my own dish but I didn't want to follow the recipe thank you all the way so I, I took some of the ingredients of the recipe and made my own recipe on the way oh it was it was horrible it was horrible what well, it said add salt not that much and it said use sour cream not the whole dish and, and not the whole container it said add cheese not the whole thing and I just assumed because you had the ingredients that it would turn out right. It was awful. It was the worst thing. But it said add tater tots. Yeah, but not frozen. And the thing is, it was the worst dish you could possibly imagine. Why? Because I had the right ingredients, but I didn't do it right. Well, why am I saying that to you today? Because that's what people do all the time. The Bible says do this. Yeah, but it doesn't say to do it like that. They try to make it their own recipe, their own way. But they don't do it right. Well, how do you know? How do you know, Pastor? Who are you to say what's right and wrong? I'm not. The Word of God is. Follow it through the Holy Spirit, not yourself. This is simple. But it's not simple. It's not simple when you try to do it yourself. Because when you try to do it yourself, it sounds so simple. But if you try to do it yourself, it is so not simple. When you try to do it yourself, you can't read it right. Talking about the Word of God. You can't read it right because you are trying to spell it out to your own understanding. And yet you can't understand it because you are not reading it with the Word of God, with the understanding of God, with the Holy Spirit. Amen? This is why when we read the Word of God, we sometimes see it one way. But when we go back with the Holy Spirit, we see a whole nother reading. Oh, I don't understand. I read that a hundred times. Yes, but when you come back with the right spirit, the Holy Spirit will open your eyes to see what's truly there. When you grow up with the Word, when you grow up and you become older in the Spirit, you're going to see a whole lot more. Who here, you can raise your hands if you want to, who here has read the same scripture over and over and over again, but you come back and you see something that you didn't see before, Nobody got into your Bible. Nobody opened up your Bible and added something to it. 
Someone added something to you. Someone added something to you, and it was the Holy Spirit who added understanding and wisdom, and that is what the Bible means. It is the living word. Amen? Amen. That's what it means. Listen what it says in 1 Colossians 7, 22-24. For he who is called in the Lord while a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's servant. Now, we're talking about when you're a servant to the flesh. Now, listen to this. You were bought at a price. Do not be the servants of men. Brothers, let every man, in whatever condition he is called, remain there with God. Don't worry about the world. Don't worry about what they're thinking. Serve God. Serve the Lord. Don't worry about other stuff. Don't be a servant to the ways of the flesh. Now, I understand. I really do. I've been there. I've done that. I've been a servant to the flesh. Even when trying to serve God, there's times that the flesh try to take over. And there is something that man, all about mankind, is a servant to more than anything else. Riches. Riches. What they find to be worth more than anything else. Listen to this scripture, because this, this comes to serving mankind. We're serving God. You can't do both. Listen to this now. Matthew 6, 24. This is just right before what we read a while ago. Listen to this now. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Well, now, Pastor, hang on. What does this have to do with money? Well, we happen to know this seems to be what controls mankind, riches. We know that. We know that. That mankind seems to hang on to riches as if it's the most important thing. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have money. I'm not saying that. But we do know that we are to hang on to our number one riches, which is God. I'm not talking about throwing your money away. I'm not talking about that. But God is to be what is worth more than anything else. That's what I'm talking about. We know, and we'll talk more about this here in a minute. We know that God is to be our number one. We know that. Some people try fit God into their way, but that's not how it's supposed to be. God is not to fit us. We're to fit into God. We'll get to that in a second. Psalms 56 verse 4 says, In God those were, excuse me, whose word I praise, in God I have trusted. I will not fear what can mere flesh do to me. What can mere flesh do to me? What can people do to me? Nothing. But, Pastor, they can hurt us. Yes. I know. People around us try to put fear into us. But God is who we have to answer to in the long run. And we know that. He's the one that we're going to stand before in the end. Not the people of this earth. I realize. So the next type of try God is this. A lot of people want to try God, but not to fit them. They a lot of times want to try God, and they say, what does it mean to try God? Oh, I know. When sometimes when people want to talk about trying God, they mean, oh, I know, we want to test God. We want to test God. Test him. And see where he stands. Well, folks, that doesn't mean that. Trying God doesn't mean to test God. We're not to test God, ever. You don't test God. A lot of people think that. You know, Gideon, remember what he did? He put out a fleece. Is this the same as testing God? No. In reality, Gideon was making sure that he was hearing from God and not himself. That's not the same as testing God. But a lot of times people misunderstand that. And so they believe we're supposed to test him. So they try God's patience. They test his patience. They say, well, let's test his patience 
Let's test his love. Let's test his grace. Let's test his mercy. Let's test his word. If it really means this, if it really means that, let's test his limits. Folks, that's stupid, quite frankly. It's very stupid to test God in such a way. It is stupid to do such a thing. First of all, we're not to test God like this. We're not to do that. But a lot of times people want to. They want to try God, test him. If you really love me, Lord God, you're going to do this. If you really love me, you're going to do that. If you really love me, you're going to give me everything I wanted. Well, why can't we do that? Well, first of all, you could do anything you want to do. God gives you that will, but I'm going to tell you, it's ignorant to do so. Because if you don't believe God loves you, why did he give his son in the first place? God loves you enough that he saved you from all those things. God is not Santa Claus, okay? God is not Santa Claus. We don't leave some long list. We don't do all that kind of stuff. God, if you love me, you'll do this, you'll do that. That's not how we're supposed to do. In fact, I dare say it's ungodly to even think that if God really loves me, he'll give me this. If God really loves me, he'll give me that. That's not, We're not to test God and test his love. He is to be our God. We're not to be his. Amen? That's not how it's supposed to be. We've talked about some of this before. But listen to what it says in James 1, 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither does he tempt anyone. Because a lot of people say, God tempted me. No, no. We talked about this actually in Sunday school, and this was not planned. <laughs> it's just how it is. Uh, the Lord puts things in order here. We are not to test God. He is to test us. Satan tempts, God tests. We talked about it before. It says in Psalm 26, verse 2, Examine me, O Lord, and test me. Cry my affections and my heart. We are to put God first. God is to be our very first. Not our second. Not our third. God is to be our first. Always. We're not to test God. We're not to say those silly questions, those silly things. If God really loves me, he'll give me this and he'll give me that. We're not to do that. He is real. It's childish not to have faith in God. It's childish to put out a list for the Lord and say, give me this and give me that. Now, I'll be honest. When I was about maybe eight or seven or whatever, I say, Lord, I want this and I want that. But I was what? A child. When you grow up, your want-to should change. If you grow up spiritually, your want-to should definitely change. If you haven't grown up, well, that's a whole other thing. But the thing that we should do as we grow up is to trust God. We should trust God. Listen to what it says in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And we'll come back to some of this. This is what it says here. Let your lives be without love of money. Now, again... This sermon really isn't about money, except that it should show that our trust in the Lord has changed. This is what it says. That we, our trust, that yes, we have to have money to survive, but our trust shouldn't be in the money. Money comes and goes. Our trust should be in the Lord God who supplies for us. This is what it says. Let your lives be without, without love of money and be content with the things you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And then it says in verse 6, So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God is the one who supplies for us. And then there will be people who will say, But wait a minute. 
Yeah, I didn't give me that job. I got that job. Who's the one that gives us the ability for the jobs? Who's the one that helps us every day? Who's the one that we follow? Is it our boss or is our boss God? Who's the one that we try? Who's the one that we try to follow? It should be the Lord God, not all these other things, not all these little insignificant things. Because you can lose your job like that. If anything has been proven in the last year and a half, you can lose anything and everything. But through all the things we go through, we cannot lose God because he's with us. When you're suffering and you're hurting financially and physically and mentally and emotionally, who is it we call out to? It's not your boss. It's not all these other things, not even your doctor, but the great physician who is God. It is not all these other people when you say, what am I going to do? Because they're not going to answer. It's the Lord God. Because it is God that you're going to have to answer to when we leave this world. It is God that even the people who call themselves atheists are going to have to answer to. It is the Lord God that they start saying and questioning, well, maybe he does exist. It's the Lord God. It's the Lord God that can help us to find another job. It's the Lord God that can help us financially. It is the Lord God. It is he who we should try. Not all these other things. And no, not try as and test him. No, not try as to fit into our lives. No, 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 no. Not those things. But we need to trust him. That's the next thing. Trust God. I like what 2 Peter chapter 3 says. Verse 9. This is what it says here. The Lord is not slow concerning his promise, as some count slowness. But he is patient with us, because he does not want any, I like that, he does not want any to perish, but all to come to repentance. Have you ever seen people who have been disobedient to the Lord? And all of us have. Have you ever seen any who are so disobedient saying blasphemous things? See, how does God put up with that, you say? How does the Lord allow that? How can he put up with such a thing? And maybe, even in your mind, you may say, but if I were God, well, thank God we're not God. If I were God, I'd get him. And then we, we kind of forget that at one point in time, we were lost. We may have said things that were blasphemous, and we hate to admit that. We may have said things that were wrong. And by the way, we were on our way to hell. Thank God that he was patient with us. And he gives us a chance. Even now, in our saved lives, sometimes we do stupid things. And God is patient with us. In fact, he may call out to us through the Holy Spirit and say, don't do that again. And you say, all right, Lord. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. If we're not prideful, if we're not too prideful to admit to our own faults, We'll listen to God and we'll do what he tells us to do. But then again, then again, how can we use this? We're too prideful to listen. We have to listen to God and trust him and follow him, not follow ourselves. We have to follow him. I like what it says, Titus 1, 2. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie, oh, I'll say it again. God who cannot lie, because God doesn't lie. God who cannot lie promised before the world began. God promised eternal life. He gave us eternal life through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ can see that we can have nothing without him. But even though we deserve eternal hell, Jesus Christ came, lived, died, and delivers eternal life because he knows that through him we can have it. But pastor, I deserve eternal life. No, you do not. No, you do not. 
You know what you deserve? The same thing I deserve. Death. I deserve damnation. I deserve the same things you deserve. We all deserve that, but God loves us because we trust in Him. He will give us eternal life. Maybe you're at home right now. Maybe you have not called out to Christ. Oh, but I believe He exists. That's not enough. Call out to Him and ask Him. Believe that He can save you from your sins and you will go to heaven when you die. Ask Him to save you and He will save you. Do not and you will not receive Him. There's a great difference in these two things. A great difference. I love what it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It's the Lord God who saves us. It's the Lord God who gives us strength. And we're talking spiritually. So Lord God, even the physical sense, he gave us the things that we have. It's the Lord God, not ourselves, who gives us the things that we have. Psalm 112, verse 7 says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Is that you? Don't be afraid of the evil tidings around you. Don't be afraid of the people around you cursing at you, screaming at you. Oh, I don't like it either. People say horrible things to me too, and I don't like it. But I'm not afraid of them. You know why? I don't have to answer to them. Oh, yes, they say all sorts of things. They say bad things about me all the time. The people of this world say bad things about me. They call me a fool for believing the Lord God, but it is a fool who says there is no God. <laughs> so I'm not a fool. They are, folks. I'm not a fool for trusting the Lord. They are the fool for not trusting in the Lord. But I don't want them to be hurt, and I don't want them to go to hell. I want them to go to heaven. I'm not a fool for trusting a God. I'm the exact opposite for trusting a God, and so are you. But they hurt my feelings. Oh, well, your feelings will get okay. They'll get better. Don't worry about your feelings. You're going to be okay. You know why? Because feelings come and feelings go, but eternity will last forever. And I know where I'm putting my trust. I'm putting my trust on the Lord God. I don't care what people say on Facebook. I don't care what people say on YouTube. I don't care what people say down the street at McDonald's or wherever else. I'm not worried about all that. What I am concerned about is where they're going to go when they leave this world. They better see that I trust in the Lord God. I'm not too concerned about people's emotions. I'm not too concerned about people's opinions. I'm more concerned about what the Lord God says because I put my trust in Him because He is the one. He is the one who sent His only begotten Son. And if they do not know Him as their Lord and Savior, they're going to burn in hell forever. And I don't want that. Not for anyone. Not for anyone. We need to put our trust in Him and in Him alone. And that's it. It's as simple as that. Oh, but they don't have proof. That well, proof comes through faith. Not through works. Come on. I'm not afraid of the evil tidings people give me. Oh, and they give me plenty. Somehow they don't see just how wonderful God is. But I do. I do. We need to have our heart fixed on trusting in the Lord. I've had my looks made fun of. And I pray for the blindness. No, but anyway, in reality, I actually, I've been mocked for even the scars and stuff on me. But you know what? I see my scars as a blessing. That God continues to keep me going. Maybe you have scars too. Maybe they're not physical. Maybe they're emotional. 
Maybe you hurt all the time because of people you love and they're not with you now. Folks, these scars hurt. But God is with you and because you trust in Him, He helps you get up every day. That's a blessing. It's a blessing. Pastor, I hurt some. I know you do. I'm so sorry you do. I'm sorry you hurt. But God helps you with these things. He helps you every single day. And by the way, you can call your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, including me. Call me every day. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. You may say, I don't want to be a nuisance. You're not a nuisance. You're my loved one through Christ. And I love that. It's okay. Trust in the Lord God. This is what it says in Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. These times go by. He will help us through our lives. And then Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. By the way, if I had to choose one chapter through the Bible, that's my all-time favorite. Oh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Probably Hebrews chapter 11. <laughs> I love it. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the... Uh, Chapter of faith. Oh, yes. Hebrews chapter 11. And without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Listen, if there are people out there who say, I believe in God, I don't know about Jesus Christ, and you don't believe in God. Because Jesus is God in the flesh. He's not only just a son, he's God in the flesh. If you say you believe in God, but you don't believe in Jesus Christ, then you don't believe in God. This is the facts. These are the facts. Jesus himself said to the Pharisees, you say you follow my father? Well, you don't follow him if you're not following me. Folks, without Christ, there's no God. Without God, there's no Christ. And the same with the Holy Spirit. They're all together. They're all in one. You must follow one, must follow them all. They're all together. That's how it goes. But without faith, it is impossible to follow God. But I can't see him. That doesn't mean he's not real. You don't see the wind either, but you see the effects of the wind. You don't believe that? Get a cold. You'll see. You'll see. Go out and look at the trees and see them going all over the place. It's the wind, but it's there. God is there, and there are effects of following God. You'll see once you believe and once you follow. Pressing God... It's not easy at times when you first start. But once you start following him, it's a perfect fit. The perfect fit because the Holy Spirit helps you with that. Knocks away all the rough edges and all the extra flesh. It's like putting on an outfit when you first start losing weight. You have a lot of extra flesh, you'll see. But here's the thing. Spiritually speaking, you have a lot of flesh. You know what I'm talking about, a lot of flesh. The Holy Spirit knocks away the flesh. And you start put, spiritually putting it on. Now, you've tried your way. You've tried your way. Now, try God. Try his way. Because that's what we're talking about when we're talking about trying God. Try him on. Follow him. Try his way. We're not talking about trying to fit him on you. Uh-uh. We're not trying to fit him to fit you. We're not talking about testing him. We're talking about trusting him, and we're talking about trying to fit into him. Not him fitting into you. Because nothing else will work. If you are trying to get him to fit your way, it will never happen. It will never happen. It will never happen at all. You cannot take the word out of context. People try it all the time. And it fails. It fails. People try to take bits and pieces of the word 
out to fit their lives. Just like that, uh, take, taking that uh, uh, little recipe that I was talking about earlier. It doesn't work. Now, I could try to take the recipe that I made. Believe me, you won't like it. That was the worst tater tot casserole or whatever it was. Tater tot mess, we'll call it. If you want a tater tot mess in your life, fine. Go to the Word of God, take bits and pieces, throw it all together. You'll get a tater tot mess in your life and you'll hate it. A salty, disgusting, sour, creamy mess. Or, or, you can go to the Word and follow it thoroughly and through all the way. Try God's way and follow Him, not your way. Because it will not work. It will not work. You must follow God, follow His way. Try God. It works and you will not be disappointed. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. This gets taken out of context all the time. I've mentioned it before. It, usually people just say, We know that all things work together for good. That's not what it says. That's not what it says at all. Listen to it all the way through. Now listen. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to His purpose. When we follow Him, we put him first in our lives. We're doing what he tells us to do. Things work out for the better. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. It means it'll work out for the best. This is why we're to put God first in our lives. You know that 1 Corinthians chapter 11, write that down if you want. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 tells us to put God first. All through Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, it talks about how we should put things in order. A lot of people will believe that you're supposed to put your spouse first. That's not what it says. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it tells us to put God first. It talks about Christ, then eventually God over Christ. But it says Christ, then the spouse. And all together, it's going to tell you God, Christ are one and the same. God, Christ, spouse, then others, even your enemy before yourself. And the point of all this is to say, God is to be first in your life. This doesn't mean you don't love your spouse, but it means you got to love God first. And by the way, if you're not following God, good luck finding a good spouse. Because you're not going to find the spouse you want. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen. Listen to what it says in first, excuse me, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 6 through 8. I love this. I love this. It says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly. Oh, hey, I want to say something before I go on here. I apologize. I, 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 I skipped something. When it comes to following God, when it comes to putting God first, it means in all things. God in all things. Because this is something that's very important. Yes, we're to put God first in the loves of our life. But this means over things too. This is important because I know how difficult it is in life. We have bills. We have stuff that we own. But this means in money too. And this is hard. But it's true. We need to put God first in our money. This means in tithe and in offerings. We need to put God first. Yes, I know that we have other things we have to take care of. We have gifts we have to buy too, but we, of course we have bills and, and all that stuff. But we also have uh, all this other stuff. But the truth be told is God is our, our true love, our first love or before everything else. If we give our tithes and then offerings, by the way, they're not the same thing. Tithe is 10%. Offering is anything extra. You need to give 10% to the church first. Then offerings, that's anything besides that. But if you don't do that first, I'm, I'm telling you, God will find a way. And by that, I don't mean God's going to get you. But I mean, you'll find a way that you're going to lose it. I have found this before. I'm ashamed to tell you this. That throughout my life, there was times I didn't give my tithe. I'm ashamed to say this to you. But it's a fact that in earlier in my life, I didn't always give my tithe. Eventually, I got that right. Eventually, I did. But the point is, I had to get it right because 
it showed who my first love wasn't. I didn't mean it to be that way, but it happened. I had to get that right in my life because if I wasn't giving to God first, I found that money was just going like water. But I found, and by the way, I'm not saying God's a miracle worker, but I am saying in this sense that he's just going to give you money, money, money. I am, however, saying that by putting God first that he made miracles happen. And I'm also saying that it made me feel right because I was making sure that God was my first love, not spouses, not people in my life, not things in my life, not bills in my life. But wait, 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 I have bills to pay. I know God will take care of you. I'm telling you, put God first. He will take care of the rest. It will happen. I know it sounds impossible, but with God, all things are possible. I'm telling you, it seems miraculous, and it is. But God will take care of you. Let us make sure that God is our very first love. Try God, try following him, and everything else will be put in his place. It seems impossible. I know, but I'm telling you, it is possible because with God, all things are. But fellow, we're in a whole different time. Yes, but God is still God. He is still the one, and he's still the one who should be number one in our lives. And with that, I now read 2 Corinthians 9, 6-8. Listen to this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let every man give accordingly to his purpose out of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, so that you, always having enough of everything may abound to every good work. Now, what does this mean? This means that God knows our heart. I'm so ashamed to say that when I first started tithing again, I gave grudgingly. I was like, all right, I'll do it. And I gave. But here's the thing. After a while, I loved doing it. And you know what God did? He said, here, here, I'm going to give you blessings of plenty. And he did. Now, folks, I'm not saying this so that you believe that the moment you give your tithe, God's going to say, here it all is. I'm giving all back. I'm not saying that. What I am telling you is that you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And the thing is, our very first love should always be to the Lord. And if you will do that, you will be shocked just how joyful you will be, how gleeful you will be. But Pastor, Christmas is coming. That's right, Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. But I'm telling you that with Christmas coming, the number one reason for Christmas is not a Christmas tree. It is not how much is in a stocking. The number one reason is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we are not giving to the Lord Jesus Christ, then why do we expect blessings from the Lord himself? We need to make sure that our reason is him who's the season altogether. Amen. Oh, these talks are never comfortable. They're never comfortable. They never are. Because... They make me uncomfortable because I've not always done as I should. But I do now because God put me in my place and got me right. And let me tell you something, how comfortable it becomes when you know you're living comfortably with Christ. Isaiah 12, 2 says, Certainly God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. And some will say, I can't see how this will work. I can't see how this will work. Yeah, but God does. We may not be able to see it, but God can. This is why it's so good to say every day to yourself. Every day to yourself, say this. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Even if you can't remember where it's found. 
remember this. We walk by faith, not by sight. What do we walk by? Faith, not by sight. Exactly. We walk by faith, not by sight. God can see it, even if we can't. We may not be able to see him physically, but we know, we know, we know that he knows exactly what's going to happen, even if we don't. I recently spoke with some hard-me idiots uh, who don't believe in God. And why do I say idiots? Because they're fools. They're fools. They're fools who do not believe in the Lord. And they try to call me idiotic. They even called me a fool, and I said to them, no, I believe in God. And uh, I said, I, but I pray for you. And they said, don't waste your prayers on me. And I said, well, you can't tell me who to pray for or not to pray for. But I'll say this, I do pray for them. And I don't pray for them for my benefit. Folks, I pray for them for theirs. I pray for them because I don't want anyone to suffer. And we need to pray for all who don't know the Lord to come to know him. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Trust in him. And this I will say to you. Try God. Try God. You've tried your way, and you failed, as you always will. You've tried your way, and you've not been happy. Now try God. You won't be disappointed. Try God. As it says in Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So try God. As it says in Romans 5.1, and I realize this is out of order, but I think it fits very well here. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord, Jesus Christ. And once again, I read Hebrews 13.6. So we might boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. We can have faith in the Lord God because we try God. We're fitting into his way, not him into ours. We need to try God, follow him daily. And as we close here today, I will read to you Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Let's now close in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, I pray, Lord God, no matter what occurs to us, no matter what comes upon us, I pray, Lord God, that we will remember to try you in your way. Even though sometimes we have temptations in front of us that we know that Satan puts upon us, and we know the world around us puts these temptations in front of us, we pray, Lord God, that you will continue to strengthen us through these tests. And that, Lord God, you will help us to remember to try your way, not our own. We pray, Lord God, that you'll be patient. Well, we know you are. We pray you continue to be. And, Lord God, I pray that you open up our hearts and our minds to realize where we have failed. And, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to continue to put you first above all other things. And that we will try you above all other ways. Lord, for anyone who is not able to be here today, for anyone who may be watching, I pray, Lord, that they will choose you and you alone. In Jesus' most holy, precious name I do pray. Amen.